0: I'm Chelsea Bay. And I'm Shay. Together, we are Fulfillment. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their personal journey towards fulfillment through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. The following stories are true, and no one's identity has been protected. Here's Fulfillment Stories podcast number 71. Gladys Munoz is known as Miriam Pico's mom to many. She was born in Puerto Rico and traveled the world before coming to Northern Michigan in 1987 to work with Hispanic immigrant and migrant community. Gladys offers language interpretation services through her business, and she also organizes and directs the nonprofit Justice and Peace Advocacy Center, which strives to meet emergency, social, and integration needs of the local immigrant migrant community. Here's Gladys' story from the October 2019 event. Good evening. My name is Gladys Muñoz. And some of you, as Chelsea was saying, know me as Miriam Pico or Chris Pico's mom. (laughs) I was born in Puerto Rico to a family driven by its faith and commitment to their marriage, children, and their community. My dad was one of the first pediatric cardiologists in Puerto Rico, and my mom was a registered dietitian. They were both very faithful Catholics with strong convictions while having their feet on the ground. My mom used to say, pon siempre todo tu esfuerzo y luego lo dejas en manos de Dios, which meant, do always your best and then leave it to God. She will also said, Actions have consequences. I remember my dad quoting one of his uh, medical school professors. If the only thing you know is about medicine, then you don't know anything. My dad's study room was an extensive library full of all sorts of books, history, poetry, music, art, you name it, and he was in that room both my parents made sure that we experienced culture and learn a lot. For 12 years, I was also raised at an all-girls Catholic school by religious sisters, also known as the nuns. We grew up saying to each other, no somos machos, pero somos muchas. We are not men, but we are many. I learned how to be strong by working with others. I had a very good life and had advantages others didn't have. The nuns made sure that we understood this. They would say, when you have an opportunity to receive another education, you also have the responsibility to share it with others and make this world a better place. In my heart, I knew I wanted to serve others and maybe be a nun too. On one day, My best friend and I, we went to the school library, and we found a beautiful book on Japan. That book had some words in the back with its pronunciation, and we sat down for hours trying to memorize these words. I knew I wanted to go there, and I had a dream of becoming a missionary and going to Japan. I eventually graduated from high school and went to the University of Puerto Rico and became a teacher. While there, I met a man, and I fell in love. My dreams of becoming a missionary and going to Japan were forgotten as my life began to happen. Looking back, I realized there's three main events in my life that changed me and prepared me to where I am today. The first event was becoming a parent. It is a humbling experience in many levels. When you think you have everything figured out, your children have a way to bring you down to your knees. And while you're there, you really learn how to pray. You learn to multitask big time. And you're constantly challenged. Parenting totally changes you. Shortly after becoming a parent for the first time, my husband, who was an army doctor, received his orders to active, for active duty. He had 10 options to choose from. His very last option was Japan, which was an overseas post and therefore would require a three-year commitment. Guess what? In typical military style, they assigned him to his last choice. <laughs> My husband couldn't have been more distressed, but for me, it was a dream come true. <laughs> we were going to Japan, and I was so happy. <laughs> this is when the second transformative lesson happened in my life, the experience of living in Japan. I learned that what it was like to be a foreigner, to not understand the language, nor the culture, to be confused with the money change, to get lost and not be able to express myself, It was very humbling. I had to learn how to communicate, not only with the Japanese, but at the army base where we were stationed, there were Filipinos, Koreans, Paraminians, Texan-Americans, and others. The majority were wives of military personnel. That was when I finally lost my fear of speaking English. Everyone had a different accent and a different degree of proficiency. Nevertheless, we did our best to understand each other and respect each other too. Throughout this experience I also learned that things can be done and understood in different ways. There was not one right way of doing things from eating with chopsticks and drinking your soup instead of using forks and spoons to different ways of worshiping and understandings of health and sickness to figuring out all sorts of nonverbal cues It challenged my perceptions and my understanding of reality. After three years in Japan, we returned to Puerto Rico. Not just with one kid, now we had three. Not long after our fourth child, Miriam, was born that I entered my third life-transforming, unexpected, and difficult lesson, the lesson of divorce. I was completely humbled, as I didn't expect this in my life. I had to figure out my new identity as a single mother. I had to learn to do things I never thought I could. And I had to rely on God in ways I had not yet done. Faith and support were very important to me during this critical time. I remember my mother telling me, Gladys, make your decision without fear for what could happen to your children. As long as your father and I are alive, we will make sure they are okay. I made my decision and moved to Florida so I could get a master's degree from the University of Florida. When I made that choice, God made me a promise. I opened my Bible one day And the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30 and 31st, came out. And two sentences spoke to me. I will go before you. Do not be afraid. That was my confirmation. So I went. After one year in Florida, (laughs) I got a call from one of my sisters that was living here in Michigan. And she said... Gladys, you should move to Traverse City. This is a great place to raise kids. (laughs) Since my oldest daughter was entering middle school and I didn't particularly like the school system in the area and at the same time some issues arose with my ex-husband, I had to make another choice. So in the summer of 1987, I packed up the four children and with the help of my parents, we moved up north. My first job, was working as a bilingual teacher at the summer migrant school in Sutton's Bay. As a city girl, I had to learn about agriculture. And as a teacher, I had to learn about my students' families, who some were migrants, and others seasonal farm workers. And I also had to learn about their particular needs. I learned that agriculture is the second largest industry in Michigan, not tourism, That agriculture is a 101 billion, with a B, billion dollar industry. That migrants and seasonal farm workers are vital to this multi-billion dollar industry. And as a sobering fact, I also learned that agriculture is the most dangerous work next to mining. Did you know that there are about 94,000 migrant and seasonal farm workers, including their household, that work and live in Michigan during the year? That between Lillano, Grand Traverse, and Antrim County alone, we have approximately 6,000 workers with their families? That they come from many different countries with various degrees of language proficiency and literacy? and that many do not have health insurance, and that this reality is also true to the visa guest workers. I started as a teacher and became a certified interpreter. I completed my master's degree in administration through Central Michigan and co-founded a nonprofit called Justice and Peace Advocacy Center where we strive to meet the emergency social and integration needs of the migrant and immigrant community in this northern region. Who could have imagined the girl who was afraid of speaking English? If you would have told me that this is how my life would be and that I would be standing here today, I would have never believed you. But remember actions have consequences and also remember that we have a responsibility to share what we have and who we are with others and help make this world a better place. So I realized that God had called me here and had been preparing me and leading me to this work with his people. Let me share just three short stories so you can have a feeling for the kind of help my people need. A middle-aged man falls off a ladder and breaks his neck the first day in the orchards. At the hospital, he was confused why he was there. And his first question to me was, when can I go back to work? I need to send money to my family back home. A young woman goes to the doctor and is told that she must have a chest x-ray. She doesn't understand, but she went to have it done. I went with her, and when she came out of the dressing room with her gown on, she didn't even look at me. And with terror in her voice, she asked me, are they going to kill me? And I said, what? Said, are they going to kill me? I found out where she was from, and understood immediately why she thought that. Another woman with four children comes home one day from work. She has chest chest pains. She's only 30. The family takes her to the hospital, and she has a massive heart attack and dies. Who will help her children? How will the family get her body back home to Texas? These are just some stories of an invisible population, vital to our economy and to our life. Migrants and seasonal farm workers are human beings just like us, and we cannot forget them. This is the kind of work I do I connect, I accompany, I interpret, I transport. I have been a teacher and a school principal, both at a summer migrant school and at Holy Rosary, a pastoral associate at two parishes in Sutton's Bay and Northport, a director of interpretation for the all-migrant health clinic, and now the director for the Justice and Peace Advocacy Center. I have organized fact-finding missions to the US-Mexico border way before it became a trend, and summer mission experiences at our local migrant camps. My story is about God being faithful to me, my family, and to all the people I have encountered throughout my life. Being able to take care of my dad now as his body ages, being able to help people in their darkest moments is a testament to God's faithfulness. It is not about me or my own strength. It is about remembering that actions have consequences and that we have a responsibility to the world to share the gifts and opportunities that have been given to us. What about you? You too have been giving much, and you too have a responsibility to share it. Tonight, I want to challenge you all to do that. Thank you.